Hey pals, welcome back to another episode of the Pool Box Pals podcast. My name is Monk. With me, as always, is my dearest pal, Mad. How you How's doing, Mad? Going? Doing yep. well. Good. But we are <laughs> all, we we are also joined by a lovely guest, Louis Southard. Did I say that correct? No, not at all. Oh, <laughs> don't, worry, don't worry, Monk. I, I got it. Hello, full box pals. I am Louis Southard, comic book writer extraordinaire, creative genius of a generation, and uh, writer writer of some of your favorite series, uh, the the Black Eyed yeah, Bombshell, that's Marion Comics, that's, Midnight yeah. Western Theater from Scout Comics. Oh my and God! Many that's... more. Such a better introduction than mine. I mean, it was mine was nothing. That was something. I was so nervous. Oh, buddy. I was so nervous <laughs> through the whole thing to just screw it up. So, like, it's just like I'm just fumbling the ball, knowing that I'm inevitably going to drop it. Um, but don't worry. I want you to know that I have a history of doing this. I officiated my best friend's wedding, and uh, he married a lovely lady from the Philippines. Uh, moved here when she was young with her family and I butchered her last name and her whole family's just laughing at like the white kid who can't, just can't, you know, can't do uh, Tom Smith, you know, <laughs> anything outside of that. But yeah, that was a lovely introduction. Everything that you said about yourself is absolutely true. You oh, are yeah, the yeah. author of Midnight Western Theater and the Blackout Bombshell and just comics that we are absolutely loving. Uh, I can speak for yeah. myself as well as Matt. I know that he's Jones and to say it, but we have been looking forward to having you on the podcast even before we had done episode one, you know? Yeah. So, well, and we kind of, we kind of mentioned backstage too, like the initial run of uh, midnight Western theater was one of the first like indies we really reviewed on this uh, monk had already been reading it. And then I played catch up. I bought them all. And I think I, I think I caught up like right when issue five came out. And then we did an episode on it and uh, man, yeah, just great stuff. Got It actually is probably the turning point into which I started going more indie than with Marvel and DC. I started getting a lot more indie oh, wow. stuff after reading Midnight Western Theater. So, Well, that's uh, that's certainly high praise. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm, uh, I really appreciate that. I, I remember I tuned in for one of your shows and you guys had mentioned that you guys read the original run and that always catches me by surprise especially i i i remember every anytime i go to a show and somebody comes up and either brings me their copy to sign or is like oh man i love the original i'm like you get a free poster like you rock <laughs> like you were there you were there in the Just... beginning and uh i gotta show a little bit of gratitude and um i think that's that's a great um uh reasoning like as to i guess why i'm even here because you guys have shown constant support and i tremendously appreciate that so yeah. what greater gift than my presence now to uh <laughs> to to go through the nitty-gritty of everything uh, we're not worthy well yeah i was gonna say maybe you should just host the rest of this thing and you should just kick it to us every once in a while and questions that we should throw to you because I'm, I'm sure gonna you be have... interviewing you guys about like your tragic backstories your top 10 <laughs> comics what your personal interests hobbies and or interests you know we'll go from there wow how uh, long how long do you got yeah uh, geez i'm gonna say this I is have... gonna... I have four four three three hours so as long as we don't go over that we'll be great 
There we go. Right. We're going to be the next uh, Joe Rogan out here just doing ridiculously <laughs> long podcasts for no apparent reason. But uh, yeah, I mean, honestly, I would love to chat all of those things that you listened with them because I feel like it would just be a fun conversation of diving through our, you know, our tragic backstories because we got them and I'm sure that you got them too. And yeah, and just dive into favorite comics. But listen, we're going to be here every week, same pool time, same pool channel. But uh, you're not going to be here every pool week, so we're going to dive into uh, what what your what your life is like. Uh, when did when did you uh, get into comics? Was it something that you grew up doing? Were you kind of just a fan of Batman and Spider Man, or what? How did you get introduced into that world? Ooh, that's uh oh. Like, do you want the do you want the real answer, or do you want the more tasteful answer? Because no one's ever actually asked me this before. Oh, really? So this, yeah, so this, uh, this, okay, I'll give you the answer. There so, you go. <laughs> um, when I was 12 we'll years it. old, okay, okay, here's the tragic backstory time. And way to, way to kill the mood uh, for anyone tuning in. But um, when I was 12 years old, um, I lost someone very close to me. And uh, around that time, uh, Spider-Man was, he had died for the superior Spider-Man arc. And mm. I guess because I had death on my mind, I'm like, well, this is odd. How could Spider-Man die? So um, I started reading Superior Spider-Man. And, you know, as a little kid growing through grief, reading a series about, like, becoming better um, and becoming, like, a better person and having a better outlook on life uh, kind of really... It, it helped me in a way I did not ever expect a comic book could do. It was the book I needed at that time. And I think that kind of showed me the, the sort of power and the sort of like how wonderful the medium can, can be. So mm -hmm. not, yeah. not to kill the mood, but that's like the honest to God, like uh, introduction to comics. And I, I started then and I, I never stopped. And, really uh, and then I, uh, yeah, that, and then, and then, oh, go I was on. just going to say, that's around the time, that would have been uh, 2013, 14, somewhere in that area. So you said Superior Spider-Man, right? Yes, it, yeah. it was uh, issue 700. I started with issue 698, I think. Okay, yeah, because that was probably around the time that I, I started getting into it, because I was reading those comics as well when they were coming out. And they yeah. were, yeah, they were, that was just a fantastic comic. Just the art in that, the story of, yeah, just everything. So that is, um, you know, tragic backstory aside, that's a great comic to, you know, have the first, your first run of. And yeah, I think there are worse but, ones to get into. So the, the truly uh, luck of the draw, I think. Yeah. Well, and to me, that's also kind of like what Marvel kind of speaks into and like what their presence has always been in the comic book world is, you know, uh, I say it all the time on here, but um, Stan Lee always said like Marvel is the world outside your window. And what he meant by that is like these stories are supposed to like, like whether, whether or not you grab onto the story, you should be able to take something away from it. And if it's, you know, yeah, you're coping the loss of somebody special to you or just maybe a breakup or just something tragic happened in your life. Like comics are a way to peer into the world to kind of help you alleviate the pain you're going through and uh marvel has just always done that so that's actually really cool to hear that sinister spider-man was something that <laughs> or, yeah or not yeah is it sinister spider-man superior superior what yeah. is oh 
is no, Sinister that's, Spider-Man that's, a thing? No, um, I'm, no. I'm thinking spine tingling. I'm thinking of spine tingling. I picked it up today. <laughs> well, there you go. That's but. fantastic. I want to go back to though uh, what you said about the idea of discovering the power of a comic. Um, again, because we went back into this backstage a little bit, but uh, I'm a musician. And I said backstage, and I still agree with it, that Matt, I'm sure, is tired of hearing me bring this up, especially whenever <laughs> we have guests on. But um, I remember the first time I heard a song that, like, had that same power on me of just, again, it's the, the same description of, like, oh, there's power in this medium here, you know? Mm -hmm. And for me, it was just, like, right place, right time. Like, I was with my, you know, best friends. We were driving around. It was, like, my favorite time of year perfect music for the day you know and uh yeah so it's 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 very interesting how like you can get wrapped up in these things and these things can be come so influential on you that you have like this response to then give yourself back to it like kind of in service to like what it was there for for you does that make sense i i couldn't agree more i think that's sort of my modus operandi with some of the books i make where it's the idea that depending on the message in the book or if you have a certain theme or or just something specific in mind that maybe there is that hope that what you put out is seen by someone who can really relate to that story or or get that uh piece that you're putting out because i'm sure there are plenty of books you read and you're like oh that was fun but i'm sure that there are other people that can kind of see that maybe there's something a bit I don't want to use the word deeper, but I guess that's all I got like going on or, or there's, there's an overall message that certain people can see and, and relate to. And I, I think that's just fantastic. And I couldn't agree with you more on like a, on like a musical level on how like uh, creativity is just, I think, I think in terms of, at least for me, I love music and uh, my favorite musician is David Bowie. And then in in nice. comics, my favorite writer is uh, Grant Morrison, and I think both of them are great examples of like twisting it and turning it to what you want it to be in that time, or like sh trying to change it to be more modern while still mm -hmm. like complementing your old sound, or even tr like fuck all the old stuff. Uh, I can swear, I assume. Well, uh, sure. <laughs> sure, why not? Okay, uh, like like <laughs> f all the old stuff. Like we're, we're we'll create something completely new. So um, I think I think for me, the, like as a fan, um, those are the things I really connect with. Mm. Nice. Yeah, a hundred percent. So what did it look like from there then? Were you diving into did you just like you said, you just continued to go? Were you getting them at a comic shop or how were you? How were you ah, coming across them? I, uh, I, I so there were a couple comic book shops in my hometown, um, but the best one was always miles away and i be beg my my dad to take me there and he hated going there he'd know he never wanted <laughs> to go to the comic shop um and i i i was mainly reading a lot of um marvel now and secret wars because i i'm a younger guy so i would say my my introductory period was 2012 to 2015 and then by the era of let's say all new, all different Marvel and DC Rebirth. I had, I was like, that was my my dark period for a good mm -hmm. long. I'd say, 
there to 2018, I'm like, no comics. I'm, I'm a serious guy. I'm, I focus on, on what teenage boys focus on. So, um, <laughs> I, and then, and then uh, uh, this, this leads into how I even got into comics. And this is a legendary story that's on many, many of it, an, an interview, but it's the truth. And it is that I was, as any good origin story uh, takes place, it takes place in Paris, France. Um, I have been shipped off to go to university completely by mistake in their global campus program. I checked the wrong box and they shipped me off to Paris at quite possibly the most inopportune time of my life. Like, and I am there for three weeks and I am losing my mind. I am just, I'm paying too much for two to receive too little back. So I, um, I, I only had a, a short window of time to get my tuition money back. And I, I, I had to evaluate what I, what I wanted in life. And I'm like, screw this. I want to make comics. Like I remember those comics that I loved and made me feel good. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to try and make a comic book. So I got mm. my money back and then I moved back to America and then I moved to New York and uh, and then that's when I spent a good chunk, many years, just trying to get off the ground from there. And uh, and then certainly I, I got there. I broke into the industry. I think I think one year. Yeah, I signed my first ever contract one year after starting. So wow. dang, so that's I, awesome. It, it's not awesome because uh, that all <laughs> that all blew up in my face. Because um, I I don't know if you guys have heard of Action Lab Entertainment. Um, no, I haven't. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh excellent. Cool. Okay, that's awesome. Okay, so they were a publisher for about ten years. Um, I signed on with them for my first ever book called Villain Seeking Hero, which was a super villain comedy drama. And mm. uh, the uh, twenty twenty rolled January twenty twenty. They got uh, editor emails me saying books coming out in June. Everything's looking good. And uh, everything's fine. So I'm in New York and I, I'm celebrating. I'm drinking with my buddies. And I'm like, I'm going to get a book. I'm a big deal. Oh, look at me. And uh, 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 yeah, yeah. I'm just I'm <laughs> fucking head honcho. And, uh, and then what, what happened? What happened next, guys? Do you remember what happened in 2020? Um, no. oh, yeah. then, the world, yeah. then the world shut down, and then the comic book industry shut down, and then Action Lab Entertainment shut down. So oh, the, man. that didn't go nowhere. And I'm like, okay, well, that's there goes that dream. And, <laughs> and, and I'm like, well, shit, I don't have a job. I need to fix this. And I go through my emails, and I have an email from Scout Comics saying, we love that midnight Western theater pitch. Do you want to make that here? And I'm like, well, I don't, I don't have any, I lost everything. So you know what? You guys look mighty excellent right now. So, uh, <laughs> well, uh, before, I, we, I, uh <laughs> before we dive too far into midnight Western theater, uh, is there a way to get, uh, the villain? What, uh, one more time on the a villain, villain seeking, seeking hero. heroes, villain you seeking are, hero. you are, uh, too little too late, my friend. Cause, oh. uh, it that- was on, I got the rights back to all the issues because there were 18. And uh, wow, how, how many were, ended up getting released digitally? The first six, and then that's when the problem started. So, mm. uh, 
that that's that was that. Um, you could still find reviews online because that that was in the period where there were no comics coming out, so all the reviewers were scrambling. <laughs> so uh, they were like, yeah. "Oh, villain seeking hero, what's this?" and uh, got pretty good reviews. So not not the worst thing um, for like a debut, but um, they were recently on a service called Zest World, which was a web comics platform, and I was one of their featured creators, but. Uh, like all good things, they they recently uh, bankrupted and and they're just oh, shut no. their, their whole thing down, and that was oh, a shame because it, it was me and like uh, Joelle Jones and uh, what what what's their name Amanda Connor and Jimmy Palmiotti and Dave oh, yeah. Dave Marquez. It was a whole bunch of us, and uh, oh yeah, that was is that the original? I don't know what is that, that is. is. Uh, it looks oh, like it's yeah. issue number six. Six, six yeah. is up here in the corner. Yeah, yeah, that was the first ever one. Yeah, that this <laughs> looks like a lot of fun. I'm a big fan of this art. This kind of art style that's like, it, you like uh, again. I'm sure you'll take this in the right way, but like in a kids' book, you know, of just like oh, very yeah. like fun and like very round. Just a lot of like round edges on everybody. Um, that is uh, but, Ben Matsuya, and uh, I thought he was perfect for it because I just wanted to have like a more throwbacky kind of looking book dealing with it reminds me uh, of uh the tick yeah yeah i yeah. was i won't i won't lie it, i'm too far removed from it now that i can be honest uh it very much inspired by the tick and uh the venture brothers okay. nice. so uh um, oh, nice good job yeah but uh yeah that didn't go nowhere but we wouldn't have goth cowboys without that tremendous failure so let's all be thankful <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, Midnight Western Theater, I'm trying to remember what it was like, what, you know, what my first experience was like seeing it on the shelf. But I know for a fact that I was like Nirvana, I bet. Yeah, I mean, I mean <laughs> it was just there was I was one with everything around me. The wind was still it was beautiful. But just seeing it sitting there. And again, I have, uh, you know, that my copy that I bought uh, right here. And I just remember seeing this on the on the shelf and just being like, that looks so interesting to me of just this goth girl riding around with this uh, vampire and just, what are they up to? And just even just from the name alone, from that, just that let's just start there. Midnight Western theater. Like what a dang good name for a comic because yeah. I, something that I really love about this, the first arc that we'll talk about is the fact that they're kind of like vignettes or like mm -hmm. little just standalone stories. And I love that you presented it in a way with that name of like, this is what this is. This is the Midnight Western Theater, you know? So we're mm -hmm. going to look at these characters and kind of just see the stories. Um, so I got to ask, where where did this come from? Was, ah. where, yeah, just give me the backstory on this one. Okay. And so, make it tragic. Um, yeah, no, this one this one is, uh, is, is very uplifting, if anything. Oh, okay. Well, then I'll take so, that. Uh, Give me a, so, uh, a Superman backstory. Yeah, right. Okay, so there, there I was in a Starbucks, and uh, I was, <laughs> I was working on on Villain Seeking Hero, and that book was very, it had an overarching uh, story, and it was very continuity focused, where like every everything mattered, every little step was a step towards something bigger, and mm -hmm. I think I was getting a bit bored with that, um, <clears throat> which is why. The style of Midnight Western Theater was okay, just one and done stories. Uh, there is like a continuity, but it's less strict. 
it's more like, oh, you know, like you're just bouncing around, seeing them at different points in their lives. And I thought that was like a, a much more exciting thing to do bottle episodes, as you said, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. Uh, I, if I had an idea, I think I think the one that sold me was um, issue two, which has the the, the dog cult. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I got the idea from um, Son of Sam because uh, it's like, oh, this this dog, this guy says this dog talked to me and told me to kill people, and then I was like, well, what if there's like a whole group of them that are like this dog is is knows every knows all, and uh, that's that's how I got the idea. This dog for that is one. God. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I'm like, oh, cool. Um, that so that's the one that sold me. I'm like, okay, that can't be like a giant story arc. But that mm-hmm. can just be one story. Uh, but the the exact uh, thing. So I'm sat looking at my villain seeking hero script. I am I'm bored. I'm procrastinating. Um, and then I was listening to the Cure. Nice. I was listening to um, I think it was Pictures of You. And oh, I was also watching. That's um, a great song. Yeah, I, and I'm watching. Uh, I was watching Westworld at the time. And I nice. think I, I think it was like the perfect stew because it was like mm-hmm. my brain goes like, oh, goth cowboys. I've never seen that before. And then I was like, wait a minute. And then I, I, I this is all this is not an embellishment. I packed up all my stuff, went straight home and I sat down. I'm like, well, what would these characters look like? It, uh, and oh, the other idea was when I, I kind of followed this rabbit hole, I like the idea of a duo where one person is is normal and the other one is like super powered but the normal one is the one you're you're almost scared of mm. and the one that that is like maybe authentic like on superficially more of a threat that's the one you wouldn't bat an eye at and then that's the how i came up with the dynamic for the two of them but then i went home i'm like okay who are these characters and i drew um the woman in black hortensia and i drew alexander and if you look at their designs those are the exact designs i drew Got him right on the first first go, and I and I'm like, this is an idea, and I contacted David Hahn because we had worked on an issue of Villain Seeking Hero, where he was a guest artist on a on an issue featuring a goth girl as the protagonist. So and mm. him only signing on because he's like, oh man, I love drawing goth women. So I was like, David, have I got the project for you? And then uh, <laughs> he's like, oh, this is great. Yeah, no, so count me in, and. Uh, and that's how we started. That's yeah, awesome. I mean, I'm such a big fan of the character designs as well as like the internal art. Like the whole thing just is, yeah, is it just works together so well. Matt, I feel like well, I'm not letting you say anything about this comic. What do you what are you thinking? Well, it's just like I, re- I read tons of reviews about it as I was reading it. And I went back and reread some uh, just uh, with you coming on and uh there's a lot of stuff that I just don't agree with because I felt like a lot of people were talking about like midnight Western theater. It's like, it's really good, but it's got a lot of gaps in it. And like, when I was reading him, like, it feels like these gaps are intentional and mm-hmm. like, I don't know if you had plans to move on to witch trials or not, but it just seemed like you were building a world and giving us a, a snapshot of it because Hortensia is just such a great character to be that you can continue to develop. So is Alexander. Their chemistry throughout the series is fantastic. Um, and I, I'm not surprised that you told us that Villain Seeking Hero is a like a comedic superhero, like tragedy or whatever it is. But you you implement humor 
into your stories so well, but like, mm-hmm. I also think a lot of people can blink and miss it, but yeah, just yeah. every, the whole dialogue throughout the series between the two of them was just like really what drew me into midnight Western theater. I always think my favorite line from the whole thing is, uh, it, it is, I think issue two is my favorite one, but it's the one where they're arguing outside of the church and uh he's like i can't go in there i'm a vampire and she's like that's made up like you can go in there and then and then he's like well i uh, i don't know and then she's like well don't you trust me and then he's like i I, i'm not sure and then she's like well we're going in there regardless and he just goes in and he goes in and he's like like why have i been afraid of churches this whole time i've been afraid of churches for 70 years I I love him. That's the one thing I miss about um, Witch Trials is that he's not in it. Yeah. uh, But I I think um, I was going to do a a short story with, um, I forget the artist, but I had a whole team set up. But after um, working with Scout and realizing um, what we could do, uh, I realized the short story was not going to be, it was going to be a backup. I realized that was kind of out of the question. Um, but the original idea was, you know, while Hortensia is doing her origin story and during witch trials, it cuts to what exactly Alexander was doing in that time. Mm. And the idea was, it was going to be a story about, um, a a regular old farm hand who starts working at a farm and there's one farm hand who only works at night. And this guy's like, well, what's this guy's deal? And then it would turn out it was Alexander, but, Mm. uh, I don't think, um, I don't think I'll ever get to that one. Well, hey, but, can uh, I just say that if you ever do get to that one, if you need just the likeness and names of any background folk who look like they would work on a farm, you're more than uh, welcome to <laughs> to use our likeness. And well, names. now that I've said it aloud, I can never use it. <laughs> ah, well, that's true. Well, you have this is a fun people little world, right man. now writing their farmhand stories like, oh, that's genius. That actually is, <laughs> that is really genius. Um yeah, and to kind of just build off something that that Mad was saying about the I don't know I don't want to say like spontaneity of the stories or just kind of the um, <laughs> yeah. the gaps in between them. I feel like because I, I went back and reread uh, this arc this past week, and I felt like the focus was more about at the beginning where we see like the little girl in black before she's the girl in, the woman in black, and just kind of this story of like who is she. Like, yeah, we're seeing her in like this kind of like it's it's almost like an homage to like older comics where it's just like one off or like the shadow or the phantom where it's just like they're just here to do whatever. But in your comic, you're giving them like a little bit of a tidbit into like who these characters are. Um, Well, I figured um, for the first volume, if each one, you know, like I said, like it's good to have these one and done stories, but I like the idea of there being an opening salvo that once you read all five, there is a bigger picture. But if you don't, mm-hmm. it's like the every comic is somebody's first comic. I like the idea yep. that you could grab any which one in this series, yep. get one complete story, and you are left feeling satisfied. But if you, are, if you are a trooper and you read all five, then it's like, oh, damn, there was something bigger uh, going on. And uh, I think that's very cool. And um, while not necessary, I think it is a wonderful complimentary piece for the sequel because if mm. you've read that little, little salvo, then you have some context that's maybe not fully needed for the, the sequel, but it, if anything makes you appreciate it just 
a little bit more. So yeah. I think yeah. I think that was good. And if I'm being honest with you, um, I didn't really expect to write any more. Um, I just uh, if I'm uh, the the real truth was there were originally six issues. Um, and it would be that the penultimate one, not the last one, the last one was always going to be the same of Hortensia and Alexander meeting, but the penultimate was going to be them dying. It was going to be that they like, you, it was told from the perspective of like a, a bounty hunter who's just hired to kill like these two people. And it's kind of like built up of like, Oh, who, who's it going to be? And then of course it's Hortensia and Alexander. And then, you know, the guy wins and it's, it's like told from the perspective of like, you know, somebody's hero is somebody's antagonist or villain. Mm -hmm. And um, I was talked out of that by um, David uh, because he was like, I like these characters. Please don't do that. Like, and I, yeah. I'm like, yeah, you know what? Yeah, no, this is, this is fun. Like, this is a fun book. Um, I, I, I think it'd be dumb to come up with like a concrete ending right out the bat. Um, mm. I do have the original cover for that one that like, it's not, uh, you know, I have it on my computer. It's never been shown, uh, to the light of day. So, but, mm. uh, it's proof that it existed. And, um, with witch trial, like, I guess my original idea was like, I had a whole list of like one and done adventures, but I kind of got sick of that. Mm. Um, so then when they were suggesting like, Oh, you come back and write a, the sequel. I'm like, okay, well, with what I've learned from the first one and some, from writing some other comics, I don't want this to be like, let's do it again. We're back and we're going to do the same thing all over again, uh, which is why I like that the, the, the covers of Witch Trial are like a completely different style. And uh, the art, while, while like um, consistent with the theme, it's, it is its own separate thing. Like I think it all works together. Mm -hmm. um, but I didn't think of it. I didn't have that planned at all. It was, um, it was just very much like, what do you got? And I just sat down for a day and I'm like this. And uh, they're like, that works. And then uh, I had to actually come up with a story. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I'm, I, if anything, I'm happier with it than, than the first one. But uh, that's just me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I yeah, mean, well, go ahead. I would also say too, like the first, like just going back to like the first arc with just Midnight Western Theater, it does, like, it just seems like, you're you're laying out a lot of groundwork uh without really knowing like what the full build is gonna be mm -hmm. and like right out of the gates with witch trial like that whole opening scene and when fireman shows up like <laughs> it's just like we're hitting the ground running and we're we're gonna hit this hard and fast and like i i love that whole intro so much like it just pops in my mind every every so often and just too just with like the culture a lot of us were raised up in and just these singular ideas about, you know, what is beyond us. And it was like, Oh, you silly humans and your single words of calling me Satan. I'm, I'm fireman. <laughs> like... I'm a, yeah. I'm a fireman. Watch yourself. Uh, I, um, that, that whole opening is just a, uh, what is that? That's like a gift. That's not a gift, but that's tribute to the people who read the first one, because I know four and five, there's that gap of time. Yeah. Between like when she dies and when she's re resurrected. So when I'm like, I'm, I've come back to this, I'm like, I'm opening up with that gap of time and we're going to explain what happened. Yeah. Uh, so I can see, up. 
Yeah, no, I've been sitting on the fireman for uh, for a while, and uh, <laughs> I I'm so I love him. He is one of my <laughs> absolute favorite characters, and I'll I'll say this uh, a little scoop. The, the, this is not the last you'll see of him. He pops up later on in the story. And, um, oh, good. He, nice. he, is a, he is a hoot and a half. Um, you know, but I also just love the idea of just trying, these idiots trying to summon a demon and they summon the wrong one. Yeah. I mean, if you're listening to this and... I mean, if you if you're a longtime listener of the podcast, you've definitely heard us speak very highly of Midnight Western Theater. So if you haven't read it yet, 100 percent, you have to or else we're not going to allow you back in the club. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's honestly like it is a comic that I I would could recommend to anybody because it's not like you don't have to understand how to read a comic, you know, all this stuff to just to be able to dive in. But there's. The Midnight Western Theater isn't uh, Witch Trial isn't the only thing you've got on the 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 broil right now. Is that the appropriate thing? The 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 stove, the oven. You got something cooking up. It's on a it's on a <laughs> crock pot right now, ready to explode. That's what it is. That's, that... I mean, you're 100 percent right with that. I'm talking right. about. Uh, oh wait, 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 hold up! Oh, before no. we leave, we leave. We before we leave midnight. Let's now. Okay. You guys have gotten a, an exclusive scoop. You guys got to read. Issue two early. Yeah, we sure did. Um, did. Yeah, uh, no, I wanted I wanted to get into that too before we got into Blackout Bombshell. And uh oh, yeah, man. Oh, like, that's right. Oh god, I I keep ruining this podcast. I'm so sorry about that. That's what you're here for. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, issue two, like it, again, just it just carries on. Like, I love I just like I love seeing like a young Hortensia as like, she's like growing and learning about like herself and her powers and just this relationship with um, uh, Sarah Bishop. Is that her name? Yeah. 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 Um, I'm really enjoying that, but I'm also now really, really enjoying this man in the white suit. (laughs) I I figured what better compliment, like if we, if we, she is the woman in black in the future, then who is the perfect uh, opposite? The man in white. And, That's uh, a really, I, really good idea. Yeah. Well, I also just like the idea of the white hat, black hat, cowboy trope. Mm, and yeah. uh, this was the best one I could think of, so, of playing with it. So uh, I, I'm glad to hear that. Uh, well, you, you guys at least read it. So that's good. It sure but, uh, Here's what I will say about it. I continue to love it. It continues to be like, just it's it's so nice to just have another iterate, not iteration, but another leg of the world, you know, of, mm-hmm. as somebody who's like so in love with Midnight Western Theater, like to just have another. It's like for Star Wars nerds. It's like when another Star Wars movie comes out, except it's good. Most of the time, Star Wars <laughs> movies aren't. But yeah, and so I I just want to say about uh, the man in white that he has that creepy smile that's similar to that one guy on Courage the Cowardly Dog. You know that I'm mm. the guy that I'm talking oh, about, yeah, yeah. Barber. Maybe yeah. is that I have to look it up. But yeah, just his uh, the un the un. Oh wow, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it pretty much is yeah, just like that. Um, there's a variant issue for everybody in case oh, you didn't uh, yeah, know. surprise variant for people who didn't know. I didn't even know. So uh keep there an eye go. out. It's ultra exclusive. 
I hope I get to my shop and that's the one that's sitting there and I'm going to have like a nice little chuckle to myself and just be like, ha, 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 ha. he didn't even know. But uh, yeah, I mean, that's I it's I agree with Matt. It's just so nice to see a young a young Ortiza. Did I say that right? I'm sure I did. Atencia. Oh, my God. And uh, <laughs> yeah, just seeing this world and just kind of seeing her not be so cold and like shut off as she is in like midnight western theater but seeing i would imagine how she becomes that way you know if i if i had to guess i think that's a good way to uh to look at it um no i am i am i'm very proud of this one i think next week the final cover is going to um is going to be revealed uh i think on sunday and that one is i'll spoil it because all these have been um uh, you know, these beautiful Art Nouveau encapsulations mm. of all the, the characters involved in this story arc. So the first mm. one is uh, the born-again girl who is just Hortensia, uh, uh, yeah, uh, you know, as a teenage girl. And then yeah. after that is uh, the man in white. Um, third one is the Wild West Witch, who's Sarah Bishop. The fourth one is the Plague Doctor, uh, who's the mm. mystical shaman character. Keeps popping yeah. up. Is oh, he in I'm really enjoying that number three? Oh, oh, yeah, I was yeah. so excited. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I just wanted to make sure. I love how uh, issue number three of the first arc is told, the fact that it's told from the perspective of that uh, Native American, uh, an old man telling the tale of like his, this journey he had as a, a young buck, you know? Yeah, no, yeah. I I think, and if you pay attention, um, I try. This, this was sort of like, this was like retroactive, uh, um, like continuity because I, he was a reference to villain seeking hero. Cause he popped in that. Oh. And, and then I show, I'm like, Oh, this is just a fun little Easter egg. And then in witch trial, I made him an actual character. And then given the context clues of like, he is like someone who actively tries to protect Hortensia. You can now look back and read issue three of like, Oh, this guy sent this native American guy to sort of, maybe interfere or like throw off the balance of the fight at the end. Mm. And uh, I like that sort of um, uh, passive uh, interference. But uh, anyway, but the final cover is going to be the woman in black. So it's going to be one of those wonderful Art Nouveau covers with her and her, I guess, proto costume, her first ever woman in black attire. So that'll Mm. be really cool. I love the design for the first one, because yeah. I remember in the original Midnight issue five, you get to see the one before the one that she's wearing all throughout Midnight, and I just like the idea that she's been slowly like switching up the style as her career mm. progresses. Yeah, I thought yeah. that was kind of a fun detail. Well, I and agree. then uh, these these covers though for Witch Trials, they're done by is it Julianne Gripe? Grape Griep, I think. Griep, yeah. No, she, like her covers for this series are fantastic. Like, oh yeah, they're they're like frame on the wall worthy. Uh, we yeah. have them hanging in in my house in our little art thing. We we have the first one, the uh, the born again girl. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Right oh, I would a hundred percent love to get. I would yeah, I would have those hanging on my wall. I mean, this will be up on my wall, but I would love to get a uh, yeah uh, a poster of it or what have you, but. Can we go into the black blackout bombshell now? Okay, <laughs> I give you permission. I give you permission. Go ahead. Oh man, man. I'm, 
you you take this one, man. Yeah. So I was I was really excited to see that you had something else coming out. Um Me with Blackout too. Bombshell. Yeah. <laughs> just, just because, like, yeah, I have loved Miss Midnight Western Theater and I loved uh Witch Trial right out of the gate, and then Blackout Bombshell drops, and it's just like we are on a whole different playing field. And this is like I love uh uh Jack uh Atlas. Yeah, Jack I, Atlas. I, I just I relate to him so much. I'm not as, I'm not as uh, heavy of a drinker as he is, but just like the way that his mind works and how he's also like while he's in conversation, he's also still in conversation with himself. And like just like at the end of chapter one, like when he's just like I'm th- starting to think I'm in trouble, and like yeah. just this- <laughs> but I then am, also um- just. Just like his waking up in the in the car, just being like, "Where am I?" <laughs> I have had pe- many people come up to me like, "Oh, I like your your oh your midnight stuff is good, but I like Blackout Bombshell. Like it's been an entirely different um, feeling, mm. and I think that's very cool because um, being the goth cowboy guy for a little bit, I was I was nervous, I was anxious." to have uh, my first ever book that's just completely outside of that thing because you're worried, oh, maybe nobody will like it. But if anything, I felt that people like this one a whole lot more. And uh, I, I, out of the books I've been making, this is the one I will go back and just like read. Like it, every time I'm like, oh, I want to look at this scene, I will just get swallowed up and keep going and just read the, the, the story. Because uh, I just love these characters so much. Uh, my friend Miles, he said that uh, he loved it because it's like finally more relatable guy failure content, and that's what I want in my in my comic books. <laughs> yeah, so, right. uh, no, Jack. Jack is just a great character. I like mm-hmm. every every single part of this comic, and just his commentary, his uh, his chemistry with his uh, pal Casper, and. I I love at the I can't remember which what chapter it's the end of, but like he's just like, I mean, do you want to call the cops or do you want to come be a man and get pancakes with me? <laughs> yeah, I think uh, <laughs> I think the pancakes have really cemented themselves after after issue one. I I just love that whole um, I love the pancake monologue. When he's yeah. just uh, when he's just walking home, and it's like damn good pancakes. Like, well, like in my in my household, we quote we quote often the um, oh what is it? Too much chocolate for breakfast is a pervert's wonderland. Like that's just uh, <laughs> that's just one of the better I, lines from that. But I uh, will say that like watching him do that monologue as he's like walking like back to his office, I just think is it's so interesting. It's such a, a twist on the kind of like detective noir. T- uh tropes because you would think that he would be like it's it's a rainy night oh that's all i remember is darkness and seeing a a dame with long legs and whatever and then the guy's (laughs) just like man i I love pancakes you know and i uh, think yeah it just solidifies him as like kind of his his one track mind kind of thing you know i i i listened to one reviewer who was like I enjoyed this book, but the main character, he's a psychopath. He's a sociopath. Like this is guy is the most insane character I've ever read in my life. And it kind of took 
took the fun out of reading this. And, and I was just like, oh, that was not the intention at all. But I, I, I can understand how some people are like, this guy's a, I can agree. Everyone's like, this guy's a jackass. This guy's an asshole that I get, but like going saying like, this is the like most horrible man in the world that I can't agree with. But for, I guess for the no. viewers who don't know, uh, I, I'm going to promote this because this book is next week coming out issue two, 48 pages of pure noir action. Um, nice. Jack Atlas is a private investigator in 1967. He's been hired to solve a very important case. Unfortunately, he can't even remember what it is. Uh, yeah. Hired during a, an alcohol-induced blackout, he has to figure out who hired him, what he's hired to do, and uh, what what amount of trouble he's exactly cemented himself in. So I, I imagine that was a that was a good enough premise to work with. Um, if you guys want to know about the conception of it, it was, I remember I was listening to the word balloon podcast. He was interviewing Tom King and Tom King was talking about an old, like dime, dime novel detective series about like, there was a detective who he was a, he was like a professional coward and like, he was like, went against the, the prototypical noir detective. Like you were speaking about monk and I really like that idea because I, I hadn't ever thought about that myself of just like the worst person in the world to be a private investigator being a private investigator. And I, I, I just like that, that idea of like just a professional coward. And um, then I started working with Jack Atlas and trying to come up like, well, what's the thing? And I think the first thing I ever wrote and thought up of, thought up of was the, the scene where the, the woman, the femme fatale, walks into his office, immediately tries to kill him, and when he's looking for his gun, he finds nothing. And instead of, <laughs> instead of the only thing he can use is his desk drawer. <laughs> and just like, no gun, only drawer. Like the second I came up with that, I was like, okay, we got the book. We got the tone immediately. And uh, yeah. we ran from there. That is a great shot of just uh, her getting just clonked in the head with the uh, yeah. the desk here. I'm trying to I'll pull it up real quick. Um, but yeah, I mean, the art in this is uh, who who does the art in this? Um, uh, this is Dean Cotts. Dan I'm going to I'll shout out the whole creative team because they all deserve credit. Uh, yeah. The artist is Dean Cotts. The colorist is Patrick Burmeyer. Letterer is my ever faithful letterer, Buddy Bodwin. Um, the covers for issues one and two are Heather Vaughn, and then issue three is Bill Sinkevich's. And then uh, we have backup stories. Issue one is Sean Peacock. Issue two is Ryan Cody. And issue three is uh, Beetle Moses. <laughs> so uh, That's a great nice. name. Man, yeah. the, that... That last story, though, too, just a little like adventure in Jack Atlas's life as a PI. Uh, what was it? It was titled "The Ballad of a Very Bad Boy," and he just goes <laughs> on a on a dog chase, only to chase the dog back home. <laughs> like, that was just... a late in the game edition. They were like, "Can you like we need these certain page counts? Can you make short stories?" And I'm like, "You betcha!" So, uh, yeah. so that yeah, was certainly I mean... a fun one. We're also reading Local Man, which is doing something uh, similar with that. And it is just a fun little way. Again, like we really like one shots here. So like anything that's just kind of like a quick look into this person's world, like totally yeah. down for for whatever is is going on, you know? Well, and it, it just makes Jack more relatable because I think 
a lot of people have had days where they like they're chasing down this dog that they have to they got hired to chase down and then all of a sudden it's just like well i found mm -hmm. him but i found him back home on his own doorstep <laughs> and it just it just makes him more of a relatable character like i just really vibe with the way that you've written him um yeah yeah like i just like, found dude, that one i found that one to be like that this guy's so unlikable that this dog this perhaps very friendly dog immediately is like just is like no no thank you and and jack is so petty it's like you've just made an enemy for life dog like you and yeah. me we're we're done yeah i mean yeah. it's it's very interesting to just see his like i i really do just love his just like kind of fly by the seams of his pants kind of just way of doing things of just like yeah well like we're f it's all working out you know like we're okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah like i'm winning so that means i'm right i'm doing everything correctly yeah, yeah. he's like i'm not, not, not currently yet. i'm yeah i'm like i'm not dead yet so like it must be what i'm doing must be the right choice you know um but just like just the way that you yeah just i think with the way that you've written him have portrayed a man that's deeply delusional about like his own problems but still like the way that uh, one of my favorite comics i think is um king of nowhere that i have back up here and that also deals with an alcoholic and him kind of just uh dealing with like confronting it and in, in, in a very serious like kind of weird way but this is kind of like the opposite of it of just like a guy who's like completely just like man don't worry about it we'll wake up and like we'll figure out like how we got into this predicament and we'll just keep on rolling and i just yeah it's really he's just again like it's like a tony soprano is like you probably shouldn't be rooting for this guy but here you are just being like go get him you know <laughs> you do it jack I, I think uh i think with this book um one of the things i i very much enjoyed was the dynamic between him and his best friend casper fitzpatrick because yeah. I like because he in in his B plot is going through his own problems, and yeah. I like the idea that Jack is an absolute mess, but he's at least like honest with the his like he knows he's a mess, and he's the first yeah. to admit like I I know I'm a fucking problem. Get off my back, like move away. Mm -hmm. While Casper's like I am morally upstand. I'm I'm right, and I would never do nothing wrong. But then you it's like you scratch underneath that, and it's like. Oh no, you're you're a mess. You just try to cover it up, right. and I think yeah. I I think that was the kind of fun dynamic of, and I think more relatable friendship between two scumbags who are like <laughs> the complete opposite ends of the scumbag spectrum. And uh, <laughs> they, they, that's that. a good way to put it. <laughs> yeah, they they sh they exhibit the thing maybe the other person wishes they could exhibit more. So. Mm. Um, I think, and I, of course, that in in uh, provides a good buddy dynamic, which yeah. is good for yeah. any story. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. Just speaking to their dynamic, like what in chapter, is it in chapter two or chapter three when they, uh, whenever it's like the flashback to the night before and Jack's just drunk drinking with uh, Marlo. Marlo Benson. Marlo. I and I love their opening too of just discussing is captain kirk like is he really all that he's supposed would to captain be? <laughs> die in vietnam yeah he would definitely yeah. die in vietnam but like just how it plays through that whole scene and then yeah we get to uh the back alley 
and Jack doesn't remember anything that happens in the back alley. And then it's just like, well, we found Marlo. Let's go. Let's, let's get let's out go of get here. Some, let's go this get is, some pancakes. Like, this is not good. <laughs> like this is, yeah, no, that, but I think that goes into the whole insanity thing. Cause imagine you just, well, he's a, he's a Korean war vet. I'm sure dead bodies are nothing to him. So, mm-hmm. uh, I, I think, uh, you know, it's like, Oh my, here's my, the, uh, uh, the corpse of my friend. That's part of this elaborate conspiracy. And then, like you said, later on, when he's walking home, the only thing that's really stuck with him is his breakfast. Like this is the, this is the most pressing thing uh, yeah. going on. Uh, that's bizarre. Did you guys what read is, the, is... the second issue? Cause I sent that to you. I'm pretty sure. Yep. Uh Oh, mad looks like he, Oh no. Uh Oh, maybe, maybe I didn't. I, I may have downloaded the shoot. There I sent it the is. Dropbox. Oh yeah. Yep. There it is. We're looking at, I'm looking at it on dropbox.com. So, I think I know what I did. I think I confused myself with uh, issue one, and like that's that's what I uploaded you just to like missed my, out on my the reading scoop. device. You but, missed hey, out I'm on gonna, the biggest. I'm gonna read it right, right now. now. <laughs> yeah. Well, I will say that I did read it, and uh, I I just really enjoyed again like the same thing I said about midnight western <clears throat> midnight western theaters just being in this world. This just kind of wacky, dark world. Like, again, because it is, it's, uh, we haven't, this issue does the most, obviously, of, like, kind of exploring what's happening. Again, because, mm-hmm. like, in the first issue, mostly we're just seeing, like, a, him kind of fumbling into the situation. And this is him kind of un, unpacking what's happening. And it's, uh, yeah, it's it's just a lot of fun to just see where this knucklehead like continues to just go further into this and just to see more of these characters explored. And I will say my favorite scene is when, at, when they're when at, like, wait, wait, don't okay. spoil nothing, but I won't. let me guess. Was it when everything changes? Yes. We'll say I, that when everything I, changes, I've been building that. That was like the, our crescendo moment. Like I had mm. originally, this book was in, it was going to be in black and white and that scene was going to be the only one in color. Mm. And, uh, Ah. but because we kept, uh, when we got Patrick Burmeyer on, um, which was excellent because his coloring is amazing. We still kept that whole scene. Like, okay, we're still going to make this crazy as possible. Um, but yeah, no, that, that bit is just excellent. We are very proud of that scene in particular. Yeah. And and you uh, should be. It, yeah, it's no, just it's a lot of i'm i'm a big fan and we've we've talked about this a lot of just when you do something like non-traditional you know of just being like we don't have to we don't have to stay with this we can kind of swing into something fun and i just you know again not spoiling anything but i like how uh casper kind of stayed normal whereas um jack he was the one where everything was more like you know obviously crazy if i'm yeah am i correct yeah okay uh, i will say uh i'll give you i'll give you a good lewis secret uh, lewis's oh. greatest secrets revealed that whole sequence is, was real that all happened to me that oh, that right. whole that whole thing i was at a party and that is a beat for beat recreation <laughs> of, what happened? Of, of what happened there there's some embellishments sure. but for the most part it's it's a beat for beat thing Right. Of like of like everything taking effect. 
Hopefully so, how you got there is not the same way as how those. Oh, no, 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 no. It was. Oh, that's good. But, uh, well, there you go. That's a little sizzle for everybody to go out and try to try to oh, figure out what it is. People love vagueness. <laughs> <laughs> but, they yeah, sure I mean, I, I, I was kind of bummed when I saw that it was three issues, you know, because I really like this character. I like this world. And it's it's similar, again, to Midnight Western Theater is like, I would love to just see what this guy gets up to. All the time, you know. I think that's where spoil... everything changes. <laughs> I think that would spoil the appeal, if anything. Uh, I think uh, that's that's I, this fair. was originally supposed to be a, a, an, a, an OGN, and uh, when Sumerian accepted it, they're like, We we don't want to publish it as an OGN, we want to publish it as a, as a miniseries. Um, so luckily, I, I managed to split it up almost um, perfectly. To, to have everything pace right, which was very fortunate on, on mm. my part. Um, I will say that this is this this book was I when I wrote it, I, it felt like I could really just be myself, so to speak. I got to mm. just m- muck around with what I thought was funny and dramatic and interesting. Um, so I think I would only dive into this if I had a really solid idea mm. for another one. Mm-hmm. Uh, fortunately, I, I I have an idea for a sequel. So, Ooh. but this, don't put this, it out there yet. No, I won't. Somebody will take it and make it a domain it name. Exactly. <laughs> uh, I won't say nothing. But um, this took a very long time to make, and I'm working on many other projects right now. So, I would much rather wait a bit before I I do that. I think personally as a it would be a real treat to come back to it and i'd save that for when i uh i have earned it but uh i i definitely have more ideas for these specific characters uh but leave them wanting more i think that's the way to look at it i 100 percent agree well you've you've definitely succeeded in that with uh, at least me like i want i want more hortensia and i want more jack atlas like i these characters you just have a really (laughs) like i don't know i guess strong like way in how you write your characters and like i love yeah. writing freaks and losers mad <laughs> that's, that's what i like i like well we're freaks and losers so you, you came to the right place i think i if you look at all my stories i everyone everyone is either someone with a humongous problem or just a complete down and trodden maniac and uh I think I think I don't know. That's just fun to me. I hate writing like perfect characters or like people who have less flaws. Um, I think I think for me, I just like people with a bit of uh, tragedy <laughs> to them, but not not tragedy to the point of like it's well, this is a bummer, but definitely like oh, they contain multitudes. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you yeah. know, there's there's, uh, there's just shit going on. Yeah, I mean that that's that's such a real like a realistic take though too because like most people do have tragedy that they've been through and like there is no shiny perfect person that exists and I think that's again like why the the characters you write like we can relate to them like no I'm not a blackout alcoholic but like just the way that Jack ponders his day and goes through it like a lot of times I'm doing the same monologue about pancakes it's like man you know, talking about a burger, like uh, next time I should get this cheese instead of cheddar. Like, <laughs> yeah, I think, uh, I think if you look at like, I, 
what what is midnight one if you boil it down it's just like a dysfunctional couple just being dragged around doing jobs and just mm -hmm. them like growing like the the completely opposite people who are i guess somewhat codependent and yeah. it's uh, and and then like i always think of it's in the, that last issue where you figure it out where like oh we both have the same type of hurt or same type of problem we almost help each other you know feel seen and i think mm -hmm. that was the way to look at it with that one and then midnight witch trial that one's just uh just a mom who fucking hates her or no no a daughter who hates her mom you're <laughs> just like i'm grown up and i can do what i want and how maybe when you're younger you don't appreciate the things your parents are trying to do for you and mm, then yeah. uh jack, jack atlas uh Ooh, I don't know what the theme is. It's just about like, oh man, I should stop. I should drink less. I think that's just the, the message. I know, I, yeah, he's like talking to himself into like, oh, I can do this. I know I can. I'll, I'll start the tomorrow. Willpower <laughs> would make a nun weep. Well, uh, hey, we, we were talking earlier backstage about how, uh, you know, you're not just the comic book writer, but you're also a comic book reader. And we did also talk about that earlier in the podcast. So how would you feel about maybe we all do a round of uh, a comic we got into this week? That sounds excellent because I have many thoughts and I never get to tell anyone about the comics I'm reading. Sure. I don't have Let's... any comic friends. So this will be this will be perfect. Lay them out. Let's hear. I would love to know what you got gotten into. Well, this week I read four books. I'm pretty sure uh, it was off the top of my head. Big game number four. Uh, I read Avengers Inc. number two. Uh, nice. number three was Kill Your Darlings, number two. Oh, nice. And, uh, Beneath the Trees Where Nobody Sees, number one. Ooh. Did I, did I get to pull that one? I that almost one, got that one. That, okay. Oh, well, no, no, no. I'll, I'll save that opinion. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I would strongly, highly rate that book. Nice. All right. Yeah, I I think I might have had that on my pool for this week, but uh, what was what was your favorite out of all of those? Oh, that one. Pick? Oh, that one. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. no. Uh, here, I'll go. I'll go. Do you want me to? I feel like you guys should talk for a bit. I, no, I'll take go a ahead. Okay. Okay. I'll 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 gut through them. Uh, my least favorite was Big Game Number Four. No spoilers. Um, we're on, we're on that too. So okay. keep yeah. that one no. vague for us. I do like the concept of somebody looking at their entire bibliography and being like, what if they were all set in the same universe? I find that to be very interesting in terms yeah. of how it's executed. I think it artistically very well done, mm -hmm. but it does have that Mark Millar mean spiritedness to it. That sort of <laughs> takes, takes the fun out of, uh, out of the book. Uh, yeah. But it's still, it's, I, I, <laughs> I look, you know, I read a lot of books for fun, and I also read a lot of books because I I like to figure out why they work or why this person is very successful or why does this comic work, and uh, that's definitely one of them because I'm like, why does Mark Millar work? And uh, that's a good that that is a good question. Yeah, yeah. and this this book. Um, uh it, it is answering that question and i'm not sure i like the answer but uh it, it is it is that's that's my opinion that was my least favorite um after that um kill your darlings number two did you guys read that i've read not, number not one yet. i haven't gotten to number two yet 
Well, yeah. I, I know the, the supple boys, as they refer to themselves, uh, Griffin and uh, Ethan, I think, um, the writers. And uh, I, I figured I'd give this a go to support them because they're, they're young bucks like myself. So uh, I did not like this one as much as the first one. Um, mm. I, the artist, uh, that's Bob Quinn. He's doing a phenomenal job. But this one, it just didn't hit for me personally. That's not a slight to their writing. I just, I just think it kind of lost the momentum from the, from the first one. Sure. But uh, that's just me. Uh, then after that was Avengers, Inc., that one I am read. I am hate reading because uh, it's Al Ewing doing like a noir Avengers tale, and I hate it because he's using this story. I can tell to bring back Hank Pym, and because uh, mm. he's been Ultron for like ten years, and uh, I I hated it because I've been wanting to pitch the Marvel an idea to bring back Hank Pym since forever. Like this is my pie in the sky pitch, and uh, and then it's like, oh no, he's already he's already doing it, and I'm like, damn you! So, uh, <laughs> but it's very hey, good. He he'll probably go away one day again. So oh, yeah, they, they all do. They all do. <laughs> so don't feel bad. You'll get a chance to bring uh, Hank Pym back from something. Yeah, like. right. Yeah, when he <laughs> dies for the third time. Uh, yep. Yeah, he'll die in a in a captain america book and then they'll resurrect him <laughs> as a as an inhuman and then they'll go from there um, <laughs> all right. and his his powers has nothing to do, his inhuman powers nothing to do with shrinking he's it's, i would it'd be great if he was stretchy <laughs> um anyway he can uh, stretch and shrink it's so useless because you're just becoming smaller but you're not really in oh wow that just oh that's hilarious to me that concept uh, I really hope I hope I you know in the parallel universe out there somewhere that that's coming out right now is Hank Pym and Human is <laughs> is, is the uh, is the title of that. Oh, it'll, be a, it'll, it'll be a what if? Yeah, there you go, there you go. There's your what if? What if he was an inhuman and he was has stretching abilities, but he's like, I also want to shrink. It's not enough that I can get wide and long. I just need to get small. Oh my god. <laughs> Anyways, thank you. I'm sorry. That was a lot of fun for me. <laughs> uh, Ant-Man uh, is like one of my favorite characters. So imagining him doing anything I, is fun. Yeah, no, I, uh, yeah, no, I, I don't want to think about that. It'll only make me mad. But Al Ewing is a, <laughs> is a fantastic writer. Um, the art is pretty standard and the story is just like a throwback fun little thing. And that, so that's just more like uh, my junk food book. That's just like, ah. Mm -hmm. uh, and also my my hate book, but then the one that wowed me the most, and I recommend it to you guys. This was a killer first issue. Like if you, <clears throat> like as a first impression, it's written and illustrated by Patrick Horvath. It's beneath the trees where nobody sees. It's an IDW book. This is a like primo book. It's perfectly made. It's perfectly made in every way. Mm. And it's as a as a creative myself. It's that's infuriating, but also like inspiring to see when you just see something so spectacular. And uh, I, the premise is not a spoiler, but it is about a serial killer in like a plushy, anthropomorphic cutesy world. Yep. Okay. Who discovers mm -hmm. 
discovers that there uh, there is another serial killer in town and that killer may like get them caught because the other one's so sloppy so it's like <laughs> it's like they're play they have to play a game of chess to catch the one who may throw off their entire lives and um yeah the art so is amazing I, I, I gasped i gasped at one page it's oh, like really? it's amazing it's so mm. i could not rate this higher it's so unique and it, it's it's just great we uh we do this thing on the show where we give uh, a, t- a comic that we really love uh, a shout out by calling it the banger of the week. Would you it's, call this your banger of the week? It, it's the banger of the year. It's the banger oh. of the century. <laughs> well, here I got a I got a fun little sound clip to play for that. The banger of the week. <laughs> so there you go. That was uh... no. Think about it. Uh, the week that. Uh bombshell drop that was my banger of the week oh there you go oh, okay yeah yeah so they, you, you've I, got at least one accolade for this so yeah. <laughs> feel uh, uh you can pat yourself on the back for that but mad what did you get into this week buddy uh honestly all i did this week was read midnight western theater <laughs> midnight western theater witch trials and blackout bombshell issue one and not issue two for some reason <laughs> man you missed this, that man. But no, I did. I did read. Uh, oh, right something's here. hidden back there. It's what is it? No. We'll never know. Oh, it's not that one. No, that whole gone. wall is going to come crashing down. You already, you already reviewed. This oh, this is the one Instagram I was going to talk post. about. Dang but, it, fun guy. Um, Scout. It's from Scout. Um, Ooh. Yep. And uh, <laughs> you know, yeah, you know, Scout, Scout Comics. Um, oh, okay. But. Honestly, what I appreciated the most about this comic was just the art. Like the story is really cool, but the art just takes the cake in this one because it is. I don't. I don't know, Lewis, if you saw this one. Here, all, but... That's uh, J.M. Ringwit, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And uh, Dude, and I, I believe he he did the whole thing. Yeah, like he did. He cartooned it. Like he didn't. He was not just the writer. Um, yep. But no, I, that's that's probably the only comic outside of your stuff that I read this week. <laughs> well, hey, I read it as well. And it is like, again, outside of all of your stuff uh, excluded, because those are all bangers of the week. Banger of the week. But this is also my banger of the week. I just I just absolutely love this of just seeing uh, a fun like I, I said this in my review that when these guys are swinging their swords through like these mushroom uh, mushroom humanoids you can feel you can feel what it's like to cut mushrooms like yeah. that's that's what it feels like and i just love we talk about this with like um uh righteous thirst for vengeance is like there's art that like makes you be able to like feel the world is mm-hmm. just does such a good job of just like sucking you into like oh this is what it feels like to be these characters you know so I absolutely loved it. It was just about this like group of like just random humanoid fungi that just are they're like it's like set kind of in like a feudal Japan kind of or just like ancient Asia, you know, broad kind of narrative. Um yeah. Everybody everybody has clans and their style of martial arts and yeah, and it's that there's a map at the beginning, which I wish I could pull up, but man, like you gotta appreciate a guy who can sit down and like think about a map, you know? Mm-hmm. That's pretty dope. So awesome. Good job to them. Because yeah, I'm I'm just loving that comic. 
but yeah. I think uh, I think that might be all that we have for this week. I think it might be time for oh. us to jump on a skeleton horse. I do have wait, one more wait, question wait. for Lou. Oh, oh, no, no, oh, God. I was just about I... to say this. If you guys have any any questions left that's piqued your curiosity uh, about about the books I've written, what I'm going to do uh, in the future, or like just any any lingering things. You, you got the source right here, direct, direct <laughs> pipeline. So if you have any little tidbits, now's the time. Let's see if we have any comments. And Matt, did you have something there? Uh, oh, so my question actually just had to do, because we did also talk backstage about how we typically go through our polls this week. And you can see what I pulled this week because I already posted it. But I'm wondering what Lewis got this week. Oh, for or, the 25th? Or, yeah, or like oh, I, like I have the, no uh, blackout no, no, bombshell sure. number two. I know that for certain. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think he means today. Of... Or you got most of those comments yeah. that you mentioned earlier today, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so those those are all ones you got today. So, is there anything you're looking forward to next week other than your own work? <laughs> uh, I really, I really don't pay attention to what's coming out. I just kind of wait for the day, and then I. I, I just get what uh, appeals to me. So unfortunately, yeah. I don't have a very sexy or cool answer for you. <laughs> hey, that's, yeah, that, that's, that's, that, that, that because that's cool. how I do I, it. I I love just showing up. I think one of the best things about going to the comic shop is just kind of popping in there and just being like, "What's awaiting for me today?" Yeah, uh, mm -hmm. Mad does love no going it. Love Matt, Mad does love knowing going in. But I'm just like, just surprise me. And then I say that, and then I'm just like, I've got way too many comics this week. But uh, yeah, that's I, I do, I do, I do leave room for a little bit of surprise, though. Like I, because I, I like, I try to budget each week on how much I can spend on comics, and so I, I know what I need to spend. It makes it easier for me to go in there. No, I can't spend more than this. And so sometimes I have a little extra wiggle room, and I will uh, go stare at the shelf and see what I need. But yeah, I mean, what do you do? You have some more stuff in the pipeline. Can we be, you know, waiting to just see your name up on the shelf again anytime soon on a new title? Okay, well, that's a that's a good question. Um, I am currently working on a lot of stuff. Uh, sometimes it feels like too much. Um, I am working on a six issue sci-fi miniseries Ooh. and hopefully i am i am this close to sealing the deal with that one so fingers crossed um yes, another sir. one another one uh the other two are graphic novels uh one is a children's superhero graphic novel uh and then the other one is the complete opposite it is a slice of life um romance graphic novel um so those are the two ones i'm working with uh so that's three um i just started working on a new pitch with an amazing artist um she goes professionally by puree and that one is a um high fantasy book so nice. i guess that's four four things right now uh, and i think if all things go well with another thing I could be landing my first um, licensed IP uh, soon, but uh, I don't want to jinx myself. Uh, no. So I will not be getting that. I won't be getting anything good. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> well, so I, I just, am busy. I am busy. Let's just it say it sure that. sounds like it. 
but uh, yeah. I mean, we just genuinely do wish you all the best. And like, I can't say, can't understate how much I am looking forward to seeing new stuff from you. The continuation of the stuff that's already out. You're a fantastic writer. I'm sorry that I did such a terrible intro for you. That's going to haunt me for the rest <laughs> of your life. Along with the fact that I had your uh, Instagram handle screwed up in the uh, bottom <laughs> camera the whole time. So I just want you to know that this whole episode is going to haunt me for the rest of your life. Uh, yes, of your life as well as my life. Um, <laughs> I was but, gonna cry right after this ended, but uh, you've spoiled <laughs> it now. Well, I I do want to say one thing that'll hopefully kind of uh, remedy myself or or uh, uh, solve the situation a little bit or put some balm on the wound. That I just want to say a thank you because your comic did genuinely help kind of re not that we didn't have a friendship, but Mad and I really just got into like talking on the phone and just going into comics and midnight western theater was a hundred percent one of like the big it's like one of the reasons that this podcast exists and this is yeah. uh episode oh, wow. 70 and like so it's just so cool to know that like over a year and a half in or however long it's been it's because like midnight western theater was so good that we were like we should do this online every week we should talk <laughs> about comics Again, it's just that like when you when you come across something and it hits you at the right time, it leaves you with that power to feel enabled to go and do something in response to it. So, yeah, yeah, just thank you for putting that out there. And thank you for just giving me an excuse to hang out with my pal every week. Well, yeah. that's really nice to hear. And I, I'm glad that could happen. Um, I think with this kind of job, you don't really at least for me, I you know, I'm not I'm nobody. So like. I don't really know the extent of how people feel about the books. So mm -hmm. just knowing that like the book could do that for you guys or could inspire you to even start the show in some way, uh, no, how little or big that may be. Um, that's really nice. And that's, uh, yeah. it may, makes it all a little more special. So that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Matt, anything else you want to say? before we uh... I, I don't I don't I don't really know how to uh, go off of what you just said because it's the sentiments the same over here um, yeah I'm, I'm good with words except for introductions and spelling them <laughs> you want me to tune us out I can I can do a grand exit well hold on we'll we'll get there but before we get there where can people find you what's what's the best way oh. to contact you and also support <laughs> you like, like not con not contact you well maybe what's your address where can people find you what's your can you can you put your uh, drop your uh, Apple pin or whatever it is? Uh. <laughs> well, you can find me uh, at Lewis Southard on Instagram, uh, at Lewis J Southard on uh, Twitter or X. Um, I'm on Blue Sky at Lewis Southard, and if you just want the the overall in general, uh, LewisSouthard.com is an excellent way to find me. Just just Google my name; I'll be there. Um, so, so yeah, that's where you'll find me and at your local comic book store, that's where you'll find me as well. <laughs> that's right. Well, Hey, yeah. Matt, where can people find us? Well, you can find us at the pull box pals pretty much everywhere. 
just at the poll box pals. You can find me at Matt underscore nerdy. You can find monk at that monk guy. We are on yeah Instagram, TikTok. I believe we're on Twitter, but we don't really do it too much. Yep. We uh, did it today because Lewis was kind enough to tag us in a post and I was, yeah. kind, I was kind enough to retweet it. And then I was like, <laughs> Oh, I should do like, more uh, things. Oh, this is time. weird. I got a Twitter notification. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's kind of what it felt like. And then I started reading it. I'm like, Oh wait, this is this is fun stuff. I know this guy. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, yeah, but uh, okay. So, Lewis, we have a catchphrase at the end for each season, and this season it is: "I haven't read comics like this in years." You're welcome to do a grandiose exit, but if you could finish on that, and then we'll go into the outro music, I would I would love that. I feel like okay. I feel like I just threw too much at you there. Is that too okay. much? I, I'll try to time it right. So, what was it? I haven't read comics in years. I haven't read I comics like these in years. Like these in years. Okay, I'll try my best. We well, I'll explain it real quick. We got we got it from uh, Mug Root Beer slogan. <laughs> is uh, <laughs> I haven't drank whatever. I don't even know what it. What is it? I think it's I haven't drank root beer root like, beer like this in years <laughs> or something like that. So we just we just switched it up. Okay, I'll 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 try my best. Okay, let's do it. We got this. We're doing it live. Well, pull box pals. <laughs> After another, another thrilling episode featuring Mad, Monk, and Lewis Southard, the, the greatest comic book writer who ever lived, Amen. we can only end this knowing that these... Oh, I forgot the fucking... What, what is the <laughs> <laughs> it's, I haven't read comics like these in years. There we go. We do a fun little closing tag at the end here. You got anything funny to say? No. Okay, Perfect. that'll work. <laughs>